It's spooky, isn't it? How the power of fear can have such a huge impact on our lives, if we let it. In the second of this Halloween-themed series based on our fears, we're delving into what scares you about making your career change. We'll be talking about the nature of fear and how it can hold us back, and I'll be sharing how you can overcome your fears, particularly the fear of failure, with a powerful four-step process. If you want to stop fears hold over you so that you can move forward with your career change plans, then keep listening. Oh, and grab your favourite notebook and pen for this one, as you'll want to write a lot down. Okay, let's dive in. I'm Nicola O'Hara, and I made the leap from a successful corporate career as a leader in learning, development and recruitment to launch my dream business and haven't looked back. Every week, we'll bring you step-by-step strategies, essential knowledge and tools, and share inspirational stories and practical tips so you are ready to take your leap to a career and life you love. This is the Powering Your Passion podcast. You always know that winter is approaching when the leaves turn golden and are falling from the trees. You start seeing lots of pumpkins, apples and nuts in the shops. And you spot people, old and young, wandering around with ghoulish makeup, black pointy hats, and carrying broomsticks, along with a host of other bizarre and scary costumes. Yes, it's time for Halloween. Now, I've always loved Halloween. Growing up in Ireland, we always celebrated Halloween with the same enthusiasm and excitement as our friends in the US. Every year, it was trick-or-treating, parties, bonfires, fireworks sparklers and of course bobbing for apples and pumpkin carving. What I love most, apart from all the chocolate and sweets of course, was the dressing up. From an early age I took it very seriously and I have to admit I still do. I still jump at the chance to dress up in something scary for a Halloween party or any other kind of fancy dress party to be honest. I always go all out when creating a costume. I'll use elaborate outfits, wigs, makeup and props to make sure I look the part. I just don't see the point of half-heartedly wearing a witch's hat or devil's horns when going into a Halloween or theme party. If I host a Halloween party, I expect everyone to make the effort. So the same goes for when I'm going to go to someone else's. Now, not everyone has the same view as me on this. And there's usually a mix of dress-up pros like me and people who are not that fussed. But I have always had a fear that one day I would go into a party in costume and it would not be a theme party. And was always relieved when I walked into any room or party venue and then at least half the people in the room were fully decked out in fancy dress. Then one day I went to a theme party hosted by a friend of a friend. I can't remember if it was Halloween or not, but the theme was heaven and hell. I've been told that the host really wanted everyone to get into the spirit of it and really dress up. I thought, fantastic, just up my street, I'm going to go for it. I decided to go as an angel. I had a white tunic with tinsel around my waist, a big, bouncy, curly, long blonde wig, it was huge, and halo and wings. I put glitter everywhere and carried a small harp. So pretty much stood out. When the host opened the door, She just had on a small pair of angel wings and a little halo, but otherwise normal clothes. I immediately felt self-conscious and the fear started to take hold that I was walking into something that was going to be uncomfortable. I followed the host through the hall towards the room 
where some music and sound of voices could be heard. My heart started to beat fast and I could feel myself start to grow hot. Time seemed to slow down as I approached the doorway and then could see into the room. And my fear was finally realised. Everyone was dressed normally. I mean, dressed down like they weren't even at a party. I spotted a few devil horns and halos, so I knew that I was in the right place, but apparently their idea of dressing for a theme was a whole lot different to mine. I felt like Reese Witherspoon's character Elle in Legally Blonde. Remember how she turned up to a non-costume party in her bunny girl outfit? I wanted the earth to swallow me up. I felt like everyone's eyes had turned to me and I'm sure this didn't happen, but it sounded like the conversation had just stopped. I hovered at the door, frozen to the spot. I had three choices. Make my excuses and leave. Go to the bathroom and try and tone down the costume in some way to make myself less conspicuous, which was going to be tough to be honest. Or start it out and walk in with confidence like nothing was unusual. And I'm going to tell you which one I went for later on in the podcast. Fear is a strange thing. It springs into action when we are in genuine danger, which is great. It is there to protect us and it does a great job of doing just that. But very often it goes overboard and shows up when we don't need to be afraid at all. Like, why was I so fearful about what people thought of me in a costume when it was a fancy dress party? Fear can be so irrational. It's a primitive and instinctual process and happens without conscious thought. It was essential for us as humans as we were evolving as we needed to know whether to stay and fight or to flee. When fleeing was needed, we would not have the chance to think about whether I should run away from that big scary lion. So the process was made automatic. In simple terms, when we sense some kind of danger, physical or mental, the brain reacts instantly, sending signals that activate the nervous system. This causes physical responses such as a faster heartbeat, rapid breathing and an increase in blood pressure. Blood pumps the muscle groups to prepare the body for physical action, such as running or fighting. Skin sweats to keep the body cool. And some people might notice sensations in their stomach, head, chest, legs or hands. Fear can be mild, medium and or intense depending on the situation of the person, as we all fear different things to varying degrees. And ultimately, these responses are all to get us ready for fight or flight, to face what you fear or run from it. Let's think about fear in the context of career change. Now, this is a different type of fear. There is no immediate danger right in front of you. You know, if you go and change career, you're not going to be eaten by a lion. But a thought of what could or might happen based on your own knowledge and belief system. When you have a fear of something that might happen, like messing up in an interview or failing an exam, the symptoms will be more subtle, but the results are the same. It can paralyze you for a while and then either send you into retreat, causing you to give up on your plans and dreams for a new career path, or can power you into taking action uh, to make your dream come true. What are your fears about your career change? Adam Smith, in his book, The Bravest You, Five Steps to Fight Your Biggest Fears, Find Your Passion, and Unlock Your Extraordinary Life, lists the biggest fears holding you back from success, eight of which could be applied to making a career leap. They are fear of rejection, fear of change, fear of losing control, fear of the unknown, fear of inadequacy, in other words, not being skilled enough, fear of being judged, and the big one, fear of failure. 
Do any of these resonate with you? Do you feel one, two, or maybe all of them when you think about going for the career that you dreamed of? So if fear is automatic, how do we overcome it? Thankfully, reason and control can overcome fear. And I'm going to share with you four powerful steps to tame those primitive responses that are programmed into all of us. The first is to recognise it and to accept it for what it is. You can sometimes use other excuses to mask that real deep down fear, like you don't have the time or you're too young or too old, or maybe you've come too far in your career to change now, or using others and their needs as a reason. Now, I'm not saying these reasons aren't valid, but in most cases, they can be overcome by planning, help and support from others. But you never get very far because deep down, you're afraid that if you make the change, you will will in some way fail and all those other fears will be realised. Accept your fears as real and natural. Then you need to face those fears and plan for the worst. You need to delve into and break down the fear. This is hard to do but it can be really reassuring in the long run. I'm going to take fear of failure as an example, as that's the most common fear for those who are changing career. So grab a notebook and write down why you think you will fail. Spill out all your reasons onto that page. Just like let your mind go run riots. Then go through those thoughts one by one and break them down and challenge yourself. For example, if you write, I haven't got the knowledge or skills for the career I want to move to. Ask yourself what skills you need. Have you got similar skills that can be adapted? Do you have the ability to learn what you need to know? What else can you do to make sure that you have the skills that you need for this new career path? Next, write down what you think the result of failure would be. What will happen if you fail and all the related fears that brings? The worst case scenario. For example, you may think, if I fail, I'll lose my job. I'll have no income. I'll lose my house. I'll be out on the street. Everyone will laugh at me. I'll have no security. I'll have to get any job just to make ends meet. I'll be on benefits. I'll be ashamed and my family will be ashamed of me. Put all your thoughts down, whether they are rational or not. Finally, for every potential result of failure, think of how you could make sure it doesn't happen. Forget about the things you have no control over, like what people think, and focus on those things that you can plan for. Taking the example of the idea you could lose your home and security, you could do things like make sure you still have a route back to your current career, save up a pot of money so you can survive for six months or more should things not work out immediately, maybe keep consulting in your current career to make sure your income is topped up, or start your new career on the side of your main job until you're more sure of your success in that field. By facing the worst that can happen and planning how you can mitigate against it, allows you to take back control from fear. It also helps weed out what are rational fears from those which are irrational. Psychologist writing in an article in the Smithsonian magazine says that when we are able to recognise what is and isn't a real threat, we are ultimately at a place where we feel in control. That perception of control is vital to how we experience and respond to fear. Okay, now take all that you've written and put it in a physical or online folder. So you know you have a plan should you need it, but it's not there for you to see every day and put you off track. The next step is to flip the fear. And what do I mean by this? What I mean is rather than focusing on the possibility of failing, think about what would happen when you do succeed. How do you feel? 
What should you be doing while you'll be living? What would it mean to your partner or children, if you have any, or other family members? Write down what that would look like for you. To overcome a fear, you need to create a vision and goal that is stronger than that fear, that will pull you towards your goals. The stronger and more detailed the vision, the better. Keep that vision where you can see it every day. That is what will keep you motivated, focused and clear on exactly why you're being daring and going for this career change. The final step is taking action. Now that can seem counterintuitive as fear, as we've already heard, is something that paralyzes you. But even small amounts of action can break that freeze. Just doing one thing to move yourself forward can help you push past that fear. Earl Miller, the cognitive specialist and neuroscience professor at MIT, found that humans cannot focus on more than one thing at a time. So if you follow that finding through, fear can't fully live at the same time as action. It's only when you stop that fear can sometimes kick in again. Think of when you are waiting to go into an interview. You sit outside thinking about what you could be asked, fearing being judged, fearing the unknown, maybe fearing being inadequate, fearing rejection. Your heart might be beating a bit faster, your mouth might be dry and your stomach knotted. Then as soon as you're in the room and the first question has been asked, that fear recedes. It may not be completely gone, but it's not in charge because your brain is fully engaged in action, in answering the questions to the best of your ability. As I mentioned earlier, fear can overcome reason. You just have to break the automatic cycle of the fear, flight or fight reaction long enough to move into the part of your brain that allows you to reason, to realise that our fear may be irrational and to make a decision not to accept it. Author and speaker Monica Berg explains in her, her book, Fear is Not an Option, that nothing happens in our lives until we decide. She explains that once you decide fear isn't an option, you're left with only the choice to change, to shift your consciousness or to take action. She asks you to think about it this way. What would you do if you weren't afraid? In the same vein, Brian Tracy's book, The Power of Self-Confidence, Becoming Unstoppable, Irresistible and Unafraid in Every Area of Your Life, he asks you to ask yourself the question, What would I do differently if I was absolutely guaranteed of success in any undertaking? Only then can you be sure of what you really want, free from the restraints of fear. But what if your fear of failure or any other kind of fear is realised? Sometimes, no matter how much you plan or work towards something, it doesn't work out. Internationally renowned self-help guru Tony Robbins says, You will fail. It's just part of the process. Any successful person will tell you that. Failure provides insights and inherently corrects the faulty ways of approaching a problem. There is no teacher as impactful as the sting of failure and no lesson in resilience better than the burn of rejection. If you use these experiences as unique information and adjust your strategy and approach the next time around, you will have an advantage that no one else does. So understand the level of risk going in. Prepare for what could potentially happen and weigh up how much you want to achieve your vision against the potential failure. Know that whatever happens, you are growing in knowledge and experience and at worst will return to your old career path and at best will have the career and life you desire. In between those extremes, you may just need to make a few adjustments, try some different approaches, do things in a different way and learn from your experience to ultimately achieve the success in your new career path. 
What seems like a failure at first glance can actually lead to success. I have seen people time and time again get despondent about what they see as failing at an interview for their dream job. Then a few weeks later, go for and achieve a job that was even better using the knowledge and experience they gained in the previous interview process. So before I go, let me tell you about what happened at the fancy dress party. Well, after being frozen to the spot for a moment, I decided to choose to walk into the room with confidence and style it out. After all, what was the worst that could happen? Maybe they would laugh at me. But I had the choice to leave if they did. But if I left the party before giving it a chance, I'd never know if it was going to be a great night out or not. In fact, what happened was that everyone thought it was great that I'd made such a great effort. They all wanted photos with me. And it was a great conversation starter in a room full of strangers. Later on, more fully costumed people arrived and it ends up being a really, really fun night. I would have missed all that if I played it small and made my costume less crazy or if I turn tail and run to the exit. When our fears are realised, it doesn't always work out how you think it will be. It can actually work out better than you can imagine. The bottom line is, most of our fear of failure is ultimately irrational. Because even if there is evidence, data or statistics that show that the worst could happen, the actual result is unknown. It's just a list of ifs, buts or maybes. What you do know for sure is how you feel in your career now. Why you know it's no longer right for you and that you also have all your skills, knowledge and experience to date. The rest will unfold when you start taking that action towards making the change happen. When you are at that doorway to your new career and life, will you let your fear of failure make you turn, run and hide? Or will you step into the room with confidence, self-belief and determination, ready to face whatever is to come? The choice is yours. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, follow or subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google or Stitcher, or go to my website, nicolaohara.com forward slash podcast.